0: Perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. With your Amex card, entertainment
1: benefits like special ticket access and pre sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap
0: music to your ears.
2: All right,
0: I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast coming live and direct. Ice Up Son. Today on the I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, we got me and G Moody. Last name rhymes with duty. And then Ice Up Son, we have Steven Smith Sr., Steve Smith Sr., wide receiver, shit talking Hall of Fame. Gonna be in the NFL Hall of Fame. Ice Up Son Brand New Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast Coming up first Me and G Moody Then Steve Smith Sr. Let's go Hell yeah It's 2018 In 2018 It's time to get the money You need it And I know where to get it My bookie Is the place to score Serious cash On your sports predictions Believe it or not The playoffs are here That means there's so many NFL football games To bet on but also basketball games, hockey games, and you could score big every single day at mybookie.ag. Man up and play like the pros on game day. You can play the money line, the side, or the total. MyBookie is your hookup for all your betting needs and offers. Super fast payouts when you win. You play, you win, you get paid. No funny business. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money betting on the games, you got to go to mybookie.ag. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. (laughs) You don't want to trust me? You don't want to take my word for it? Check them out for yourself. They have odds on every matchup and a mobile site that makes wagering on your smartphone a breeze. Join now and mybookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. A 50% bonus. Use the promo code, my promo code. Rappaport, R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T to activate your offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. There ain't no funny business. We're back. Another hard-hitting I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Uh... Me and G. Moody. Last name rhymes with duty. Uh, We're going to be doing the damn thing. We have a podcast I've been waiting for for a long time. Um, One of the great shit talkers of all time in professional sports. He's chilled out a lot since he's retired. Yeah. Steve Smith Sr. Yeah. Um, I love this dude. I got to meet him actually at the uh, Big Three when the Big Three was in Charlotte this summer, of course I am the Howard Cosell, the roving reporter of the Big Three basketball tournament. Uh, he was there, got to talk to him. Uh, we had a couple of things scheduled all season, but he got busy, man. He's an NFL, uh, you know, he's an NFL dude, an analyst, reporter now yeah. with the NFL Network. Uh, but we finally found the time, so uh, we got him on the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast. I like him. I like him too, man. Undersized wide receiver, five foot nine from LA. Tough, tough fucking guy. Tough
2: fucking and, guy. Yeah, and he um he earned all that, all that, all like he played with a chip on his shoulder because he's kind of short, and you know he got to go up and grab shit. Yo, he's he's that guy. Yeah, I mean,
0: you know, I always say like about the the smaller athletes, like the Nate Robinsons. Yeah, like the Honey Badgers, uh, Mugsy. Uh, Muggsy Bogues, who's coming up on the Iron Rapport Stereo podcast. Get to talk to the great Muggsy Bogues. The little guys are the guys you need to be be careful of
2: because they're Hell the no. guys that are like extra tough, extra talented. Earl Boykins. Earl Boykins is like fucking a girl's height. Yo. <laughs> like 5'1. And he hit. 40s. I saw
0: all Bo- Earl Boykins at the, uh, the Big Three Draft Combine. He looked crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he looked <laughs> like fucking kid. nuts. <laughs> But he will bust your ass. He will bust your ass and probably beat your ass, too. <laughs> Those guys are tough. So um, we got Steve Smith Sr. While we're talking football and talking tough guys, let's talk a uh, bitch-ass motherfucker of the NFL 2017 award. Richie Incognito is a bitch-ass, fucking doofus, meathead, no-lip-having,
2: racist fuck. But but wait, his teammate, the brother next to him on the line said today, um, yo, he wasn't saying none of that shit because if he was saying that, I would have heard it. So, and I would have definitely called him out on that. So, yo, if the brother is saying that and he's in the trenches with him, uh I, there would be no reason to protect this dude. So, I I kind of side with, with we don't know, like I side with that the 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 black player that was in the trenches. Well, let's him. give some context to it first. Okay. Let's give some context to it first,
0: please, Mr. Moody. So Richie Incognito, the NFL alignment uh, for the Buffalo Bills, who was all caught up in that scandal a few years ago when he was with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. And it was you know emails and voicemails and all stuff. He was talking crazy to uh, his teammate. Yeah. And then uh, he was sort of out of the league, and then. Uh, Crazy! Uh, uh, Rex Ryan resigned him back into the NFL uh, when they were playing the uh, the Jets when he, when he was coaching the Bills. Anyway, so he he's been accused of this before. So the other day, the Buffalo Bills played the Jaguars in a real shitstorm of a, a fucking snorefest game, and uh, a player I can't pronounce his name correctly. Yannick, I can't pronounce your last name, Duke. <laughs> Sorry, Duke. Um, uh, but he said that. Richie Incognito was talking some wild shit. Hashtag I ain't Jonathan Martin. Uh, You know know, he's ready to get it popping. And uh, listen, these things just don't come out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like he wouldn't. Why would he just say that out of nowhere?
2: If if the brother is next to you, you got a black dude playing with you on the line. I'm sure he would have heard that, and that's what he was making a point. I would call this guy out on it. So I don't know. I don't know why, man. I don't know. It sounds. If 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 the guy wasn't next to him and he he didn't his teammate didn't say it I I would say yo Richie Incognito's a fucking ass of course but the brother is saying yo he ain't say none of that shit uh, Nonetheless uh there's th- th- more question marks in what the fuck uh
0: Richie Incognito's all about I know the guys at Barstool they 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 hold him as some sort of superhero Uh Oh for real Yo they love Richie Incognito he's a, a big you know uh, well, he's a, beer he, chugging, he, white dude. They oh, love this fucking guy.
2: Oh, we Yeah, a they folk herald hero. him.
0: Um, so, the Golden Globes, we talked about it uh, on the last I Am Rap Poor Stereo podcast. Um, they're, they're, this is going to be the most discussed Golden Globes awards ever. Like, <laughs> the, the, this award season, the, these award shows, whether it's the, <laughs> the Grammys, the. People's Choice Awards, of course, you got the Oscars, you got the Independent Spirit Awards, you got the SAG Awards. This is this is a you know award season for film and television. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and every award show is gonna turn into like it's not gonna be about who won, who didn't win, who deserved to win, who didn't deserve to win. Now it's it's gonna turn into a whole other bunch of bullshit. And I and I, I gotta tell you. <laughs> They're gonna wind up doing away with these award shows if they don't figure it out because too much. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the next award show is. Okay, gonna come
2: up with one. Yeah.
0: No, I don't know if it's the SAG Awards, whatever it is. But but if that one isn't politicized, then what does it mean? Like, does the protest stop at the Golden Globe Awards? Right. Right. And can you never? Can you? You you can never do any. Right, so everybody's got fifteen thousand different things to say. I said that I thought that what Natalie Portman said, um, you know, was unnecessary. After Oprah Winfrey said what she, uh, her, her beautiful speech, and we're going to get to what she, uh, what she talked about. Um, Natalie Portman, who I love, my co-star in Beautiful Girls, loved that kid, loved that girl, loved that woman. She's a woman now. Right. She didn't need to say. The, the award for best directors, but it's all males. We we didn't need to say that. Oprah said everything now.
2: Yeah, but she had oh these motherfuckers had shit prepared. Oh yeah, but like, yeah, and, but but it, <laughs> at,
0: at what point does it stop?
2: At it what does point it. does it
0: stop? Because th- there was there was a uh, some guy, and, you, and if you put like a a sort of smart, uh, uh politicized tweet, all of a sudden you 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 become like you know in the. Hollywood Reporter and the Foreign Press, they're all tweeting you. Some guy, uh, ooh, ooh, what the fuck is that? I don't even know this fucking guy. I don't, he's named Angus Johnston at Student Activism. <laughs> he was tweeting during the show, has a male recipient mentioned hashtag times up? Apparently the answer is no. I thought I may have missed one, but no such luck. Nearly two dozen men won Golden Globes. None of them mentioned hashtag me too. And then other people start t- chiming in. Uh, some woman said the hilarity in thinking men would say anything. And since Terry Crews wasn't presenting, did you really expect men who benefit the most from the Hollywood? System? And I'm like, yo, you're oh, not required man. to say shit. Word. Like motherfuckers took, show yeah. up. They were all black. Everybody had the times up pin on. Not everybody yeah. wants to go up there and say shit. Not everybody thinks like wants to just, Pile on and put it's the Golden Globe Awards.
2: Yeah. Like at a certain yeah. point, it's like, yo, not at like, like You You don't want to beat a fucking dead horse. <laughs> I, I, like it's Donahue and shit up there. Everybody, listen, like, like you said, they're trying to force like guys into the males, all the targets, and that's all you see, man. And everybody got speeches, man. So no one knew Oprah was gonna turn it out like that. So if I got my speech prepared, I'm going to say my shit because this is all, it's a platform, you know? And, and you know, people don't understand uh, what it's
0: like when you're on live TV. You got all those cameras. Your name gets called, and then you're just supposed to act a certain way and say, like, that shit is nerve-wracking. Right. Like, when you get an actual award in one of those plays, I never won a Golden Globe. I won some little, some little awards in my time. S- <laughs> That's right. Producers Guild <laughs> Award, you know what I mean, for the Tribe Called Quest film. Won my little Emmy for the uh, When the Garden Was Eaten. You got your chips. Got my chips. But when your name gets called and you go up there in front of those people, time stands still. This fucking guy like judging, you know, who's getting shout outs, who's not getting shout outs. Yeah. You know, the, the movie I Tanya about the Tanya Harding story, right? Uh, which of course Nancy Kerrigan was a part of. But in the movie, it shows, you know, like, tanya harding's life to be fucked up you know she was abused badly by her mom um you know abused by men you know beaten raped you know she had a tough time and like that whole thing that happened with tanya harding and her you know getting her her, uh you know leg hit and all that stuff obviously that shit was grimy but it wasn't like tanya harding was not a, a victim of society she was she had a terrible upbringing like really poor you know, abusive from from the beginning. And so, you know, her movie uh, has been heralded this year. Margot Robbie, it's a dope movie. Uh, The girl won the the, the Golden Globe last night. I can't remember the the actress's name. She played her mom. She was dope. You know, they're talking about that movie. And then, so during, you know, since it was so a female um, empowerment sort of evening, at one point, somebody shouted out, tanya harding on stage i don't remember what actor or actress shouted it out but just sort of said like yo she's a survivor she you know she's here you know, give her a round of applause everybody celebrated the movie uh everybody's watched i tanya the real tanya harding show, shows up and then people are bitching well how come nobody mentioned nancy Kerrigan? motherfucker nancy carrigan is not there Motherfucker, Nancy Kerrigan's movie isn't up for a golden glow. But like you can never do right, and then like they're so like proud of themselves. Like, well, I'm the first to point out that Nancy Kerrigan wasn't mentioned, but Tanya Harden. You turn this into like a little fucking like little pillow kindergarten fight. kindergarten shit. Fuck yeah, it's like turns into some pillow fighting flower throwing contest. Just,
2: yeah. So man, stop paying attention to these motherfuckers' rap. You're going they are gonna give you a, a, a stroke. Man, huh. that's that's foolishness, man. You 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 putting too much energy into these motherfuckers. These are these are little flies, man. Yo, Yo but they, it,
0: this is this is this is mainstream shit. And then you have other people, um, that were complaining, victims of sexual harassment, victims of sexual assault. Uh, this this right. uh Rose McGowan, who we've talked right. about on the I Am Rap Stereo podcast. Uh, yes. and this this director Asia Argenta. Argento, who um, you know, she's been vocal about uh, you know the things that have happened to her, and she's complaining on Twitter saying, "Well, I wasn't invited to the show. I could only speak for myself. But not only was I I wasn't invited to the Golden Globes, but nobody asked my opinion or or yeah. or yeah. asked me to sign the letter." I'm like, this the Golden yeah. Globes. Yeah, you 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 get a, you get invited to the Golden Globes because you got nominated for a Golden Globe.
2: They yeah, have enough
0: presence. That. They're like, it's like, in the, but she's like, but I'm not complaining. Yes, you're fucking complaining. Yeah. Why are you even saying anything? I'll do the work behind the scenes. Dude, if you're gonna do the work behind the scenes, and you're not upset that you weren't invited, shut the fuck up. The word, I wasn't invited. I'm dope. I'm rap Pro uh, Stereo podcast is on and popping 2017. I'm on two motherfucking TV shows. Well, now one. You don't see me fucking complaining. Like, yo, yeah. it's the Golden Globes Award. This ain't a protest. This ain't a political rally. It's the Golden Globes Award. You, you're not going to take over this whole shit to articulate y- your feelings. They were articulated. It was loud and clear. But to complain that you weren't invited, why would they invite you, Asia they Argenta? Didn't want you why would they invite you, Rose McGowan? They didn't want you there. They <laughs> You, it's you, not you, that they didn't you, want you there. Like you have nothing to do with the Golden Globes. You're not nominated. You weren't in a nominated film. Oprah yeah, so Winfrey. You- Oprah Winfrey spoke on your behalf. All the people that were there were spoke on your behalf. At a certain point, shut the fuck up.
2: Yeah. You not everybody's there. getting an
0: invite. Were you invited any time in your career? No. So be quiet. You ain't all that. Your work isn't getting you into the Golden Globe. You'll probably get invited to a bunch of political rallies and feminist uh, meetings and all that <laughs> stuff. And that stuff is fantastic. And I'm sure yeah. you won't complain about that. You won't tweet about that, but you're tweeting that you didn't get invited to the Golden Globes. It just sort of takes away from everything. Shit yeah. is whack, man.
2: Yeah. yeah They're they gonna have to give the awards and motherfucking uh, another site. <laughs> Silence. Because this shit is stupid, man. They're they using that as and turning it not into uh, an award show what it's supposed to be, but on some uh, March on Washington shit. Yeah,
0: I mean, yo, they 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 made a strong statement and then they gotta scrutinize it and complain about it and who got shout outs and who didn't get shoutouts. Like, yo, right. chill. There's a director who who most people don't know about unless you're a real film head, James Toback, screenwriter, director. Three hundred and ninety-five women mm. have come Dang. out and spoken about him. And it's not front page news. You know why? Why? Because it's not a big name person.
2: Oh. He
0: James Toback is like, you know, he's an underground sort of filmmaker and all that shit. Like it is it, it's it just listen, all these women deserve to be heard. Yes. And you can't demean their stories, but it's like this yes. this whole thing, the way the media is putting it out there and not put 395 women. Imagine if this was like a name brand director. This would be the main story. It just it's it just at a certain point, yo, press charges. Move on with your life. You got to get therapy. You got to get help. Speak out. Do whatever you need to do to heal, to help other people, to prevent this shit from happening. But, yo, this, at a certain point, it's got to stop. What, what did you, what, what is your takeaway? Like, all of a sudden, Oprah Winfrey, she wins the Lifetime Achievement Award, and everybody's got her running for president.
2: But she didn't say anything about running for president. Uh, but I think uh, Stedman said that uh, she absolutely would do it. It's up to the people. Where where did Steadman say that? I didn't see that. He he read it. I mean, it was in the paper. I read it. That's what he said. She would absolutely do it, but it's up to the people, like, you know, how they feel. That's what what I got. He was allowed to speak, and he spoke those words. So
0: what would you do? uh, 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 I think Oprah would be a great president. I mean, at this point, I think a lot of people, including myself, have realized that, you know, no matter who the president is, it takes a whole sort of bunch of different moving pieces to get actual right. shit actually done. But she would be great at representing the country. I think she'd bring bring dignity. I think that you know she she's obviously done so much for uh, charity. You know she she she's thoughtful. Um, you know she she's come from the bottom. Oprah Winfrey. Do not forget she came from a she had a tough life too. Um, and I okay. think w- when you have a tough life, it
2: sort of ingrains a certain amount of uh, uh compassion in you i i think this indicates the democratic party is in tatters this indicates where when you you, you're grabbing an entertainer a talk show host to be president to try and be president of the united states donald trump will and then who's her um gonna be a running mate montel williams they got uh Mm -hmm. uh the rock they got dr phil they got Mm -hmm. donald trump and these guys will demolish these people in debates. Look what he did to the seasoned, lifelong politicians in the Republican Party. So are you, the people want to know, Gerald, are you a Republican now?
0: Are you a a Republican? I I am. Are you a Republican? Excuse me, Mr. Moody, are you a a Republican, Mr. Moody? It's a very simple question because you seem to be a big fan
2: of Donald Trump. Are you a Republican? I may be. I am weighing and reevaluating my line of thinking from the past, and you're and reevaluating it, not- it and and waving based on what?
0: Like, what is your news source? Where where are you getting your information? Please share that with the I'm Rapport listeners and me, motherfucker. <laughs> I I research a lot. I where where? My- what is your resources? Like, what's your I'm, bibliography, I'm, motherfucker?
2: You you gonna let me answer the question? Please or answer the talk? question my bible i'm studying thomas soul and i'm seeing things more clearly now than before so the whole media is on this guy and the sky is falling with the chicken little rhetoric enough he won and now you're pulling out a talk show host to he, try, he's a talk uh, show to, host listen but trump beat, is a talk show host no but but listen he beat hillary the one you, you was caping for her, who was buck dancing with fucking uh, Roland Martin and singing and, and on a breakfast club talking about, you know what? I keep hot sauce, too. What the fuck? You ain't supposed to win. Donald Trump won, and now you can't get over it. It's over, yo. So you may not like his personality, in it, but that don't mean you can okay, impeach Okay, do you support
0: that nearly 200,000 people from El Salvador— who have been allowed to live in the United States for more than a decade must leave the country. This just went down in the last twenty four hours by your guy, your president, your Republican president, Donald Trump. That's a fact. Two hundred well, thousand people who've been living here peacefully have families. They have to leave the country. And as and, and listen, I'm no I'm no expert like you. You seem to be doing a lot of uh, research. Yes. Although you can't pinpoint any of the research or where you're doing the research. Why I um, gotta tell you that? Excuse me, excuse me, <laughs> um, but excuse me. But 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 as far as El Salvadorian people, um, these are not people that you hear about as uh, blowing up things, terrorists, and all this stuff. Obviously, there's some bad apples in every bunch. Uh, uh, but but as a whole, so do you support the nearly two hundred thousand people from El Salvador that your president, you you're a your supporter of Donald Trump, because you think it's all hunky-dory, this is a reality, is sending
2: I, I, these people back home. I need to see why the, the law... Look on the fucking New York Times. It's
0: right there. Look on every uh, me, fucking newspaper let, let, me today. The fucking the Atlantic, let me answer the fucking
2: question. The Atlantic, look everywhere. Question. It's on the Daily News, the Post, New York yeah, Times, the Daily Fox News, News
0: the MSNBC. Daily News is a, the Daily is a News
2: is a rag. The Daily News is a fucking rag. That's your source. I need to see the law and why it's repealed. There's a reason why you got to go the fuck back home. He ain't just sending you home. There's a reason. And they repealed the law and you got to go back. He stood. This you is so, his, so you support that. I, I'm not saying I
0: support. I say I got to see why. Go to the New York Times. Since you're so into your politics and, and you, you 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 support Donald Trump and not just the way he talks shit. you You actually support him. You should That's be reading important. the New York Times every day. You should be reading like uh, the fucking Breitbart and, and and getting like the full story every single day.
2: I see it all over the news, but you're not I saying where. It. Where's your news? Ed, yo, Share it with the people. It's all over They're every fucking CNN, this and that. It's all over. But this is it's front every page day. news on the New York on the New York Times today. I know, today. I know about
0: this. Two hundred thousand people from I, El Salvador. I know who have been allowed um, to live in the United States for more than a decade must leave the country government officials announced Monday so do you know why or you just do you know why it is the trump's administration's latest reversal of years of immigration policies and one of the most consequential to date I can't read well, the whole, I can't okay, read the whole, excuse thank you. me, well, excuse me. You, you asked excuse, me the fucking question. Mr. Moody, you had your turn. Excuse me. You. I can't <laughs> read the whole fucking page, the whole goddamn uh, okay. article here, but it's written. I don't written, want you to excuse do that. Excuse me. Mr. <laughs> Miriam Jordan wrote the article. Please read it for yourself since you're so interested
2: in supporting Donald I can, Trump. I can answer that. When a new administration comes in, we're changing shit. So you're changing certain things. I'm, listen, when a new administration comes in, they have their policies that they're going to reverse, they're going to look at, and they're going to do it. So ho- your, your girl, Hillary, who was She's buck not the dancing, president,
0: wrote, "Of course not. Why are you talking about Hillary? She's not the president, Duke. Listen. Of course not. And how do you feel about the tax reform? <laughs> Mr. Dworkin last week broke it down in layman's terms. Based on everything I know, you are going to be one of the people who gets hit in the pocket from the tax reform. No, return. you're yes. absolutely wrong. Yes, you're, you're you absolutely don't know what you're wrong. talking
2: about. I was speaking to my brother today, and his accountant has told him, this: this tax reform, you're going to save... 80 K. He said, what are they talking about? It's going to crush the middle class. No way. So I got that from him today because I was researching. I wanted to get the lay of the land. So I'm so glad you asked that motherfucking question. (laughs) Um, All right, Mr. Moody, but please share with the
0: people your sources, because obviously, uh, 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 but the final question uh, is this. I'll give you one I'll give you one last. Excuse me, Mr. Moody. I'll give you you one last. (laughs) Excuse me, Mr. Moody. All right, go. I'll give you one last time to answer a very straightforward question. Yes. Are you a Republican? Are you a black Republican?
2: I'm a brother Republican. Okay, so please answer the question. I'm in the middle right now. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking, I'm researching. Next couple of episodes, I'll give you a flat out answer. Okay. All right, moving on.
0: Uh, Talking about better business and the Better Business Bureau. Big baller brand. I talked about LeVar Ball yesterday um, and I told, uh, I suggested the wording that Luke Walton should use the next time any press person, whether it's ESPN, ABC Sports, NBC Sports, Fox Sports, the next time anybody from the press says to Luke Walton, "Uh, it's reported that LeVar Ball said, shut the fuck up. I don't give a fuck <laughs> what this motherfucker said. That would Damn. be the best way. They, they'll never ask Luke Walton a question about LeVar Ball again. Shut the fuck up. Say that to the reporter, Luke. Well, you probably get fined 5000 dollars. I guarantee you, Magic Johnson and the Lakers will pay for it for you because they—they're—they're they're probably done with this bullshit too.
2: Yeah, yeah, he—he's a fan, man, and his son happens to play for the Lakers, so they really shouldn't be taking him too serious. I know they shouldn't. And and they—they're giving him more gasoline, and and man, this guy has a lot of uh, charisma. And um yo, he's a fan and he can say that. You know what I'm saying like yo, cuz me and you said that shit to each other sometimes. Yo, this motherfucker need to go or whatever. But um he he just but man, but, they but take the the thing the thing that I was thinking about uh uh since
0: uh the last podcast was oh, you're saying that he said uh Le- Le- LeVar Ball said, "Oh, well, the, the players don't want to play for Luke Walton anymore. Uh they they're not listening to him anymore." Who told you that? Your son? Did, did your son tell you that? And let's say his son did tell him that. Let's say that that's a, a true statement. Right. So you are betraying what your son told you in confidence to get yourself some airtime. So, Or is your son a snitch? So if they're having private team meetings and he's telling you is he a sit- or are you just making this shit up because when they asked the kid that the kid was like I don't know I don't know anything about it. you put your kid they, like everybody's like he's the father of the year he's such a great dad you you putting your kid in fucked up situation
2: yeah yeah cuz he
0: he doesn't yeah. like the media he doesn't like yeah. talking to the press so when they asked him about it cuz they asked him about it so he, he doesn't want he doesn't want to betray his father then he doesn't want to betray his coach he's also like I'm fucking 20 I don't know what to do Right. and, and so like everybody's like he's such a great dad
2: like you're he's not. the dad of the year like how is that the dad of the year that that's not a good look right there what he did i I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that because you put you're putting a young man where the, they're going after him because of what you said and it's like kind of dividing the team so now you're not you're not doing the best interest of, of your son in in that regard
0: so. and, and you're also not doing the best interest Of the brand, Big Baller brand, because it came out that the real BBB, the Better Business Bureau, has received 32 formal complaints, 44 (laughs) negative customers with 0.0 positive reviews. Wow. They said, this is very definitely substandard normal business practices for anybody. Oh, Oh, proof is in the pudding. What can you say? People are saying, yo, I, you know, I tried to return it. I tried to get a refund. A lot of complaints. A lot of complaints. And then people are like, oh, well, they're just saying it because he's a black man. But this same black man that you're, you're standing by,
2: he if you put yourself out there and he's yeah, doing you, it, yo, this is what yeah. you get. You get the good and the bad. You get the magnifying glass. Your company supposed to be like Applebee, all the shit you talking. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be top. Like, you're supposed to have no fucking complaints so early on, you know? But you're putting yourself out there, like, where this major brand and the service seems to be crappy. So get it together, bro. And and Homeboy got to play better for your brand to even take off, man. Yeah, Money, I mean, he got to play better. He got to talk better. He got to look yeah. better. He, he looks spooked. He just looks yeah. entirely spooked. Yeah, you got to have a, 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 for your... Your logo, right? You're fucking the guy, the face of the sneaker. He got to be like Magic Johnson, that smile. You got to be fucking Mike. You yeah, got to wake be, up, man. Lonzo, yeah. wake the fuck up, man. You're looking like,
0: I don't know, man. Take a fucking nap before you, you, you come out in public, man. You're looking like like soggy and shit, man. Like You're looking right. like, I don't know, like you got to give this motherfucker some food or some
2: protein. <laughs> Eat some protein before you come out in public, man. You look crazy out there. His sons play uh, tonight in uh, Lithuania they debuted, I think, and he, you know, we'll see what what's up with them. But that fifteen-year-old, you're gonna have hell. That uh, uh, Leandro, whatever his name is. No, I think that's uh, Lamelo's. He's the one Lomelo. that was trying to pop
0: pop Greasy uh, he's to me on have,
2: on on Twitter. Yeah, he's gonna have a time because he's fifteen playing against thirty-three-year-olds and twenty-nine. They you know, smoke they cigarettes gonna... before the games at halftime Yo. and all that shit. That's that Lawrence Taylor strength. You know when you're 15 and you playing pickup with a, a motherfucker that's 34, yo, that's some shit, man. And these are professionals. All right, it's time to ice up, son. Miles, let me get some funk. When we return, we rocking
0: with Steve Smith, senior. Then me and G Moody are gonna close this puppy down. All right, this is it. This is it is the podcast that I wanted to do all season long. Ever since I he announced his retirement from the NFL and it became official, I knew Steve Smith, Senior. I pride myself on being a great shit talker, but you, Steve Smith, are Hall of Fame level shit talker. I appreciate you rocking me on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, my friend. I appreciate you having. Me. All right, listen. You're on network television. You have a rep. I had D'Angelo Williams on the the show the other day, and he said I asked him who he he apparently is a great shit talker. He was talking a lot. Of, he surprised me because you never really got to know his personality when he's playing. But he said when I said people that talk, people that talk shit, the first person he said was Steve Smith Sr. Now you're on network television. You're on NFL Network. Okay, how hard has it been to been true to your shit talking self, but do it in a family friendly way? It hasn't been
1: that, it hasn't really been that hard as people would think. Also, I think people don't anticipate me being uh, as well-rounded and not, you know, just coming at players um, in a way that, you know, makes them kind of give you the side eye, Mm. you know what I mean? Um, So, like, for me, you know, I I call a spade a spade, but um, I also understand and respect how much time, goes into how much time the preparation goes into being an NFL player right you know some of the some of the players uh, of the past who have become analysts either former or currently are analysts sometimes have forgotten you know all the dynamics all the work all the bs that goes into preparing for a regular season game let alone preparing for a playoff uh, game
0: I got you I got you so you, you try to do your job you try to be honest You but you try to do it with uh, still remaining uh, respectful to the players because you get whether you're uh, the, the number one or number 50 uh, player on the team like what it means to be a player
2: yeah
1: because I believe that players in that locker room in the cafeteria look at analysts especially former players they do three things they either turn you up they change the channel or they turn you off. Right. And I don't want to be one of those players mm. that, you know, when someone, they see you on television, they go, man, what this dude talking
2: about? Mm-hmm. You know,
1: he all, he all, he's always coming at me. You know, he's always saying this, he's always saying that. So if I see a player that I may think uh, isn't playing up to par, I'm not just going to say he can't play because that's, first of all, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, also too if a player's having a bad game, I'm not gonna ask the cliche of of um what were you thinking when you dropped that pass? Right. You know, I want to ask a guy, what does it take to get to where you are? Where, you know, where have you come from? Just getting the, the perspective that I would love to have been asked as a player versus I've you know, I've heard the media say I have to Mention your past. I have to write the article based based on if I was if my eighty year old grandmother was reading. it. So I have to give the the history of it. I think it's BS. You you use that as an excuse because it justifies you trying to write an article that is obviously going to highlight the negativity of that player. Gotcha. No matter how many years ago. It was. I got you. Or or sometimes I've I've seen articles where it has been inaccurate as well. But when they they don't really they don't have to the article if it's rewritten or uh, uh, um, something is put into it that contradicts what was written earlier, it's not on the front page. It's usually at the back page with the obituaries mm. of the sports page.
0: Um, now that you're a year a season into being a broadcaster, you know, a season away from the NFL, and you see the the behind-the-scenes of how stories are created, how stories are regurgitated, how things are sort of egged on. You know, you've had your... your When you were playing your stuff with Cam, I was personally... I was really personally offended how they tried to drag him when he made that comment to the female reporter, you know. Um, but now that you're on the other side of it, and obviously you were a player, and you, you what, what have you learned, like, in terms of the way the media can sort of, can, you know, make a small story into national news? The Cam, the Cam Newton female reporter thing being the thing that sticks out to me because, again, um, I didn't think that he, he deserved to, you know, lose sponsorships and, and, you know, just be dragged over something that I don't think you, you know, was I, I felt like it was innocent. Like, so what is your take on, you know, the way the media can do that now that you're a part of the media, you are a broadcaster?
1: The power of the pen. Mm. You know, it was very powerful. And sometimes uh, our comments can be taken the wrong way. Uh, have, will always. And that's just quote unquote, the platform that we're on, right? Um, And so we have to be very conscious, even as an analyst, as a media guy, we have to be conscious of how we interview people, what we say during the interview. Um, You know, sometimes the things that are said, the things that end up on the editing floor are still on tape. So, you know, that has to to go with, that caution has to go with everyone. Right. Right. Just like, um, you know, with the situation with Cam. But yet you go back, you went back. A lot of people went back on her timeline and some of the things that she had on her Twitter account also put her in the spotlight. Right. You know, so uh, the true I, I look at it where the true authenticity of a coin is really not what it's made from. It's also what is on each side. Right. The head, the head side of the coin was Cam said what he said. Here's the tails. The tail side is what she did on Twitter and what she said. So that truly made it, you know, a priceless, very valuable moment for both individual parties. Right. What it says, what it says to me is, even as a reporter, or an analyst, or someone, and someone may say something to you that offends you. I'm sorry. But just because you have on a bulletproof vest doesn't mean that you're not gonna get uh you're not gonna get shot at either.
0: Uh Michael Irving, what do you think? I think Michael I love Michael Irving. I know Mike. Um I, I would tell him to his face though, his outfits are off the chain. He's out of control with the outfits. He tried <laughs> to come at you sideways with your outfits. What do you think? Let's let's set the record straight, Steve. What do you think of uh Michael Irving's dress game? Like keep it funky with me, man.
1: I mean, you know, one, first of all, Mike's from Mike's from Florida. I'm from the West Coast. So there's obviously two different flavors um, and depending on who you poll, you know, certain people. But at the end of the day, you know, what happened with me and Mike, you know, we ch- we we chalked it up. We talked but at the end of the day, you know, um, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. And, you know, uh, in short takes, you never get the full content of everything, you know, but what it was is what it was. And, and, you know, I'm always going, like I said, I'm be a straight shooter. There's some things I'm, you know, I'll be PC on and there's other things where, you know, uh, I'm just going to shoot you straight (laughs) uh, and you go, whether you like it or not, that's who I am. And, and I look at it like this, if I'm gonna get fired, I'm gonna get fired for something. Everybody's going to get fired or or let go or whatever, but I'd rather get fired and I walk out that building and say, I did it my way versus walking out that building to get fired. And you have that, man, I should have said this. I should have done this, you know, so I, I, I'm just kind of, you know,
0: doing my deal. All right. The NFL, when you played, who were the guys that you looked forward to going up against the most? Like, who were the guys that you were like, I got I, I, I
1: So there's two questions in my career that people always ask me. Who's the toughest DB you ever went against? And who's the, you know, who's your favorite quarterback you've ever played with? Uh, First, okay, so corner out that, that the toughest. Any corner that's a multi-year pro bowler shutdown corner is a tough matchup. Sometimes the sorriest dudes uh, are a tough matchup because, you know, you don't take them seriously. Uh, and it depends on what kind of offense you're in and what happens during that offense in that year. So every year is a new habit to break a new situation that occurs that you have no, uh, you have no control over. Right. So it just really depends. But I mean, there are a number of guys that have, you know, just, I, I use the word murk me. Like I remember I learned how to run. I learned real quickly. You can't use the same routes, uh, same releases. I remember, uh, Aaron, uh, uh, Dale Carter, uh, he, I was in a slot in Carolina. He was in New Orleans, and he jammed me so bad. Uh, I was supposed to get on the corner route. I ended up running a, a three-yard flat route, you know. So stuff like that. Otis Smith, I ran uh, spring right option. Chris Winkie threw me the ball, and I was looking at the clouds and asking the Lord, "Was I alive?" Mm. You know. So it, it's a number of guys in different situations that I learned a lot from. Um, that uh, really. Help me learn how to be a complete wide receiver uh, at my size. And then obviously I'll go with the question of quarterback. You know, obviously Cam is the most athletic quarterback I've ever played with in a 16 year career. But because of athleticism and a short period of time, the best quarterback that I have the best relationship with based on years of service, years that, uh, significant years and i say significant meaning uh our kids had birthday parties mm. uh, our wives had christmas parties that we invited each other to barbecues um hell we got our big deals together mm. you know uh got paid together so got you know went to playoff games together lost playoff games together went to the super bowl together lost the super bowl together so All those things, eight or nine years of a relationship can't just be replaced because a dude is more charismatic and more athletic. Then that's not a that's not a true relationship. That's you know what I mean? Right. So, you know, that that's how I kind of look at things. I don't I really look at things differently than people expect. I just give them when I was playing. They looked at me as a hothead. Ignorant, thug. Right. And some people. And so some people, I gave them that because it was just easier. Give them that, move on. I go on about my day. And, and that ha- that helped me at times. You know what? It hurt me. Um, and that was a learning process of being young and dumb. Right.
0: Do you miss the competitiveness? Like, do you miss that that? You know, forget the practice, forget, obviously, the injuries. Oh, forget- I, I, no, I don't
1: miss practice, no. I no. don't miss training camp. You know, I don't miss, uh, you know, this is, football is like being a parent, mm. right? Okay, so I'll use, I'll say like this. I'm, I have four kids, been married 17 years. Oh, enjoyed making a baby, okay? Bang. Then we, the, then my wife, I watched my wife deliver the baby. Now, what I don't enjoy being a dad is, my oldest is 20 my youngest is three what I don't enjoy is that college tuition bill uh-huh. that that comes I don't enjoy at one o'clock in the morning um when here me and my ro- wife got to play rock paper scissors on who's getting who's getting up with the baby today mm-hmm. or or with the sick baby and they throw up at one in the morning and you use the blanket or your shirt to catch it mm-hmm. or the poopy diaper right as dinners being served that. You got to change because it's your your chance, like mm-hmm. right. So, being a dad, there's parts that are unbelievable. Then there's the poopy diapers, the college tuition, and there's some other things that you're like, they didn't tell me this when we were making this baby or when we signed up. You know, they left that fine print out of the of being a dad. You know, of being a parent. But then there's times where you know, my son graduates from high school, gets his uh, college scholarship to play soccer. My daughter uh, gets asked her to the prom. She gets her, you know, driver's license, like all those other things that have been unbelievable. Um, so with football, do I miss the competitiveness? Yes. But there's a lot of other things that I don't miss that I have come to come to rest with that I'm like, huh? Eh. I don't really want to do it. Mm. The great, exa- great example is I started back training. Um, me and my boy was training. We and my uh, homeboy were training. And I was you know, we're doing a little boxing. And I'm like, I'm glad I waited because I'm working out way too hard to sit at a desk in a nice suit. Mm. And I can feel like myself getting antsy like, man, I think I can play a little bit. Mm. And that's why I waited to kind of interact and do some of these things that I've done. You know, I didn't jump into, I didn't jump into training guys. I didn't jump into catching routes and just staying in shape just to stay in shape. Because even this little period of time that I've done this boxing, I felt it like, man, I think I can go out there and, uh, and get off the jam a little bit. Mm. But then I'm like, no, I'm okay. You know, I enjoy being at the house. I enjoy, you know, Losing in golf mm-hmm. versus losing in the, on, on on the nine route.
0: I hear you, man. I hear you. I mean, you played, you played your ass off. You gave I mean you if there's like a player who like left it all out there, you you left it all out there. I mean, you you were you just were so tenacious the way you played your entire career, man. It's so like you you're one of a kind. Who who are the guys you like watching now? Who are the receivers that are um, that, that are still in the league um that that impress you?
1: Well, I'm, I'm just impressed with Fitz, Larry Fitzgerald. You know, he, he he's passing guys. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, he what he's doing. Odell Beckham is amazing. AB is doing his thing. Uh, love love the young guys, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I, I, I'm kind of biased because this was my first offseason, so I got to evaluate a lot of the young receivers, so I'm really intrigued with Cooper Cup. Mm. Um, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, you know, just some of these players that I've watched um, for for the combine, and now I'm seeing. You know, did I have a did I evaluate them right? Did I overevaluate them? Did mm. I under evaluate them? Like you know, I was comparing John Ross on our show. I was comparing. We had a New Year's resolution, and one of the things is quit quit downgrading receivers from small schools. Look at their body of work. And let and, and evaluate them off their body of work not based off the school they went to because John Ross ran that great number but yet Cooper Cup who went to a small school has outperformed him. Mm-hmm. you know allow these men body young men body of work to speak for themselves not what college they went to mm-hmm. makes them a big time uh, draft pick.
0: When, when you're watching a receiver, I mean, you, you watch football so much differently than, than even the biggest fan who thinks they know everything. Can you, like What sticks out like when you're watching like a, a John Ross or a Cooper Cup or any of guys? Is it their footwork? Like What are the details that the trained eye sees that a big mouth like me or any great analyst uh, uh, doesn't see?
1: So for me, I look at, first of all, and I'll go through it in detail what I look at. First of all, look at who's offense coordinator. Where was he before he got there? Mm. who did he work with before him and who does and who is the new guy they are replacing? who is in his offense? who is he going to try and uh, predict the same kind of production right? Um, a great example of that is I went to Baltimore when, uh, because Gary Kubiak was offense coordinator. Well, I knew Tory was the guy, and Tory will be the number one. I'll be the number two. Well, Tory was going to be Andre Johnson. Mm. And I would be Kevin Walters. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I went back. Kevin Walters was having about 60, or 60 to 50 catches a year, and Andre was catching 190 million catches a year, right? So I'm like, look, I'm used to catching between 60 and 70, 80 is a good one. 107 is the best that I've ever had. So mm. I can I can eat all day with 60 or 70. So I'm going to go to Baltimore with Gary Kubiak in this offense because I know I'm going to get 60, 70, and I get downs with 60 or 70. I, I, I'll move the ball with 60 or 70. I got Worked you. Worked out for me. So that's how I look at it. So when I look at a guy, the offense coordinator, right, the head coach, the quarterback, then I look at the routes. What kind of routes will they run? What kind of routes will he run? What kind of routes and position do they put him in? And then I look at the quarterback. What he's done? What is he good at? What is he not good at? And so, so when I look at a guy, I don't evaluate him purely off the numbers. Sometimes I evaluate him off the information that I already know, and then I can say this is a guy who is a who plays better than you expect. Uh. Because the numbers don't always tell. Like, numbers never say he was targeted 11 times, but three of those passes were uncatchable. Right. Like, he caught a pass that the one pass was thrown at his legs or thrown over his head, but he got that target. That ain't a, That's not really considered a target.
0: I got you. So that's,
1: that, 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 that number, as a receiver and analyst, for me, I don't pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. That makes you know, sense. So that that's how I look at an individual, right? So, say a Juju Smith Schuster. Some people say, "Oh, he was he wasn't evalu- evaluated, or we let him go." You put take Juju Smith Schuster and put him, say, in the Cleveland Browns right, offense. Right, right. He doesn't put up those numbers. Right. All right. You put him in a Rams offense. He may put up even better numbers. Mm -hmm. So that's what I look at, and I evaluate a guy. Um, So I look at everything, his surroundings, right? I just don't look at what somebody deems successful or
0: not. Um, Your last season, I talked a lot of shit about it because I can't remember who it was. It doesn't even matter, but there was some cornerback or safety that complained like it was a rookie or a second year player. And I was like, these dudes are complaining about Steve Smith senior talking shit. Like this is like this. I, I mean, if you, you're not even talking about the game, you're not even talking about.
1: Yeah. It was, it was one player. It was a Cowboys player. He right. said that he, he said that he lost respect for me. This is all I'm going to say. You notice he never said what happened. Hint, hint. So, He just lost respect for me. That's cool. I've gotten respect lost from a lot worse Mm -hmm. and damn near a lot better. Mm -hmm. But I have to give you power for me to even value your respect. Right. Because I don't know you just like you don't know me. Right. You don't really know me and I don't really know you. I've been married 17 years. There's things that I'm learning of my wife now that I didn't know. So, you know, so you, you know, me after playing football, playing against me for 60 minutes and maybe going against me 10 plays in a 60 minute game, man, go kick rocks, bro.
0: Do you think that the players like, you know, it's a generational thing. You know, you're an older dude now. I'm older than you. Are players soft? Is like the Instagram? I, I don't believe players are soft. I think things are unique.
1: And things are based on perception and perception is more of a reality in the Instagram and Twitter uh, generation, Mm. you know, um, YouTube generation. Mm -hmm. My, you know, my young one of my boys was telling me he, you know, he's going to start a YouTube channel so he can make money. I'm like, for what? What are you trying to buy? Right. You're 12 years old. (laughs) Everything you want, you ask me. Right, so what do you what are you gonna buy with it? Well, I get to get what I want. Oh, cause you you struggling now? Right. And he kind of looked at me. You know, just just things are different. You know, things, things are different. Things are different. It, it's more about um community. It's more about help making sure everybody walks out of there feeling good. Mm. You know, it, are you encouraged? You know, I had a situation someone said, they're not very encouraging. Your check is encouragement, bro. Right. Because, look, when they quit paying you, then what's going to be the problem? If they fire you and make you feel good, is that okay? Because you're you say you got DirecTV. DirecTV don't take encouragement as a payment. Mm-hmm. If they do, shoot, I'll be all over. I'm, I'm getting all the – I'm getting game ticket, game pass, hockey, soccer – I can watch every game for every sports, and i pay them off encouragement.
0: So, so that was something uh, you heard a player say, they're not very encouraging.
1: Yeah, that, that wasn't very encouraging. Man. If you don't get your, you know, so, you know, you have a job.
0: You got to you know, do your you, thing.
1: You got to do, you do your job because at the end of the day, whether encouragement or not, you are evaluated. Can you do your job? Not how do you feel in doing your job.
0: All right, there's eight teams left, Steve Smith. You're not a fortune teller. Who's winning nope. the Super Bowl? Who are going to be the two teams left in the Super Bowl before I let you go?
1: So here's uh, – on my show sometimes I I won't answer a question or I won't pick one because I'm really enjoying being a fan. And sometimes ah. fans forget. Like, y- you, you've you been around enough. How many times have you ran into somebody and said, man, I like this team because when I was a kid I played baseball, I played this team and then that's what i grew up liking mm-hmm. you know or somebody picked it because they like the color and, and that's how it went yep so for me i started picking sometimes just based on like i picked the rams and the jaguars going to the super bowl why my son's home from college me and we were playing matt <laughs> i was like you know what i'm gonna pick the jaguars this dude picks the rams uh huh we're playing. I run the ball with Fournette. Fournette had like four touchdowns, 297 yards rushing. It was unbelievable. I was like, "Man, right?" He he goes, "Damn, you think that could be the Super Bowl?" <laughs> I said, well, "I, you know what? I think it could be." <laughs> well, obviously, the Rams lose, right? But
0: I like the Jaguars. Do, do you think that you think they have a shot?
1: Hey, they in the mix. They got a better shot than you and I.
0: Hey, listen, don't put yourself with me, Steve, because I'm trash. <laughs> you, 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 you could say better chance than, but I appreciate the compliment. But you, okay, so you think the Jaguars have a shot with Blake Bortles at quarterback? Though, it, here's the thing: that defense
1: is their anchor. Right. That defense is house money. Right. If they don't get this offense together. They're going to run out of house money and they're going to have to start spending their own money. And we all know when you start spending your money, you start shopping a little bit differently. Right. You know, when you got the company credit card, Hey, give me four of those, Mm. you know, but so I, what I think will be cool is if the Jaguars can, can make it whatever. But what I think would be better is watching a Minnesota Vikings play a home game in that stadium. Right. That'll be a first. I think that's I think for me as a player, as a as a man, just as as a as a fan of the game, why not? Why 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 not have a cool moment like that?
0: Right. It would be it would be exciting. I know, you know, and that and that that stadium looks like it's a lot of fun. All right. Steve Smith Sr., my man. I appreciate uh you coming on the podcast I appreciate what you do I appreciate your career I appreciate your honesty I appreciate just how you've evolved You know, in, in front of our eyes And I know you do a lot of charity stuff um, And you're just I, I just, I respect you, man I just respect that, you know how Watching you grow up I mean, I, I'm a little older than you So to watch you evolve I, I'm inspired by it And um, I just have a lot of respect for you, my friend Well,
1: I appreciate it, man You know, I, I tell people that's listening to this You know Sometimes people look at players and they they don't understand, they forget. You know, a lot of these young men have come from great situations, two-parent, family homes, middle class, no big deal. And other guys have had to come through a lot, you know. So understand that the guy you watching catch a pass or drop a pass or pick or rushing a quarterback or throwing a pass, man, before you... Before you throw that judgment out there, you never know how far they've walked in their shoes. You know, be careful before you throw out your judgment because you never know. Mm. You know, everybody has a story. Everybody has a journey. You know, take the time. Look up that person before you cast judgment. Because the last time I checked, the penitentiaries aren't full of NFL, former NFL players. They're full of regular people.
0: Absolutely. Um, All right, Steve Smith Sr., uh soon to be in the Hall of Fame. That's going to happen. Yo, continue doing your thing. Happy, Appreciate it. Happy retirement, and I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Definitely. All right. All right. All right, I want to thank my guest Steve Smith Sr. Yes. Great interview, great insight, thoughtful dude. That guy's a real dude, man. Deep. Real. Very very thoughtful dude, Steve Smith Sr. Uh, gonna be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Um, what else, Mister Moody?
2: Shit, man, the brickness is over. It has reached a high, and everybody in New York is so happy. You go to all the bodegas, they go, man, it's twenty five degrees today, <laughs> right? They're happy about that. Yeah, man, and uh, it was. I, I missed all of it. I got one day of it, and I hear it was, it was awful. But that's how we grew up, Rap. It was, it, that was commonplace for us. Yeah, it used to be. It, it, you know, I don't
0: know if it's global warming. You just get uh, used to it. I know all my years in Los Angeles has made me soft. I, am, I have no interest in coming to New York right now. None. 0.0, 0 uh, at all. I, I have no interest in it. I don't blame you. You know, one of the people who we never mentioned as a stick man... And I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame, but he, he quietly puts up numbers after, numbers after numbers after numbers after numbers. And he's been doing it for about 25, 30 years now publicly. Lenny Kravitz, the great oh. Lenny Kravitz. Oh. Half Jewish, half black soul. Jewish soul, brother. <laughs> um, you always see him with a nice, a nice little piece. Um, he was spotted with a Victoria's Secret model, um, Barbara Fialo. And, and, and I saw the picture. I, I, I caught it uh, this morning, and I said, you know what, I got to give Lenny some love because Lenny puts it down low-key.
2: That's the hallmark, but he, he has a faux pas. Remember, he had a split in his pants, and he was wearing a cock ring?
0: Yes, yes.
2: A faux pas.
0: Yes, that set him back a little bit, but he still continues to do his thing.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Cause if you see the the young lady he's with now, you go, uh it, it ain't no stopping Lenny. Like he's still still fucking. Yeah. All right, uh what else is going on? I want to give a shout out to our guy Jared Jack, New York Knicks, signed on for the rest of the season. Obviously, uh if you listen to the Jared Jack, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast, the starting point guard of the New York Knicks. He was yes. out of the NBA because he had uh suffered a, a terrible injury. He got signed with the New York Knicks. He's been uh He's been sort of mentoring Frank Nicolina, knocking down big shots, bringing leadership, breeding stability uh, to the New York Knicks. He hit the game-winner versus the Dallas Mavericks the other day. Guaranteed contract throughout the season. I hope he gets to continue playing basketball for as long as he wants. Uh, What else is up, Moody?
2: Um, Did you see that H&M put uh, the ad? It was like a racist kind of ad. had a black child in a um, sweatshirt that said – coolest monkey in the fucking jungle or some yes, shit yes i saw that and I, I they of course they apologize i this is deliberate man this is a uh, akin to like when popeye's chicken had jerry rice wear a helmet with a drumstick attached to the face mask like a fucking mouth guard and i'm like take these people are obsessed with black people <laughs> it's been a big blowback uh, uh you think that that was intentional uh Yeah, man. I think it's intense. I can't... Like, everybody knows that's, like, insensitive to do because of the history, you know? Anybody knows that. And to do it anyway is just... I think it's deliberate, man. Yeah,
0: I, I don't know. I, I was thinking about that. I was like, is this deliberate? Is this not deliberate? Is this just a dumb stylist? Just, you know, it's. I think it was a yellow sweatshirt. Like, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea, but they...
2: And, and what about the fucking... Black people? Are there any black people in staff that w- that will say, you know, in, in the advertising, like, "Yo, what the fuck you think you're doing? You can't do this." And this is why, <laughs> right? To stop it you right know? there on the spot.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Uh, I want to thank again Steve Smith Senior for rocking me on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. G Moody, last name rhymes yeah. with duty. The hits will just keep coming. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast rate us review us tell a friend tell a friend Miles take us out of here with something like a smacker like give us our early G Moody Moody beat smacker we out